Friends, here are a few ways that you can support us by supporting my sponsors. Elmer Garcia Realtor and AVS Concepts Audio and Video Home Entertainment. Those are my sponsors. Go follow them. You can find the information on the description. The other way you can also find out of everything that we're doing is join our newsletter at tbbyalicia.com and that's going to give you all the things that we're talking about everything all the resources all the stuff that you want to know the other way that you can also support us and keep our podcast striving is through joining our global vibes insider community what is that what is the global vibes global insider it is a group where you can come in as an insider and subscribe and join to the community. And it was created for you to inspire you, to educate, to show how you can craft the life you wish to live. It is filled with experiences, including in-person events, business masterminds, speakers, resources. You get shout outs in the podcast. We invite you to workshops. We get to go on local trips and even wine tastings. So how do you get to join that group? So you'll go to my website at tbbyalicia.com, and then you select the community group. And there's three tiers. The first tier is a secret tier. It's for $10, and that includes a T-shirt, a signed book by me, and a shout-out on the podcast, $10 a month. The next tier is the Explorer tier, and that is for $25 a month. And it's a T-shirt, a book, and a shout-out. Plus, I'm including a one monthly one-to-one chat with me, and those are monthly one-on-one chats with me. You don't want to miss those. Those are amazing 30-minute one-to-one chats for $25. And the last tier is a $45 Globe Trotter, and that includes all the things I mentioned before, the t-shirt, the book, the monthly one-on-one, the shout-out on the podcast. Plus, you get invite to um, members only, insider only events, a welcome travel gift box. You know, I bring great things for my travels. And also I'm adding a digital style mood board for you. It includes styling. It includes accessories, um, everything customized and personal for you. Again, this is how you can contribute and you can be a part of us and you help us keep our podcast thriving. I hope you join. Welcome back to Vibes by Alicia podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here and giving me a bit of your ear to hear stories and ideas that I find meaningful and inspiring. This podcast is designed to encourage all of you to be so inspirational that other people crave your vibes. And today we have a great episode. Welcome, Jamal. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, we have Jamal on today because we're going to be doing some trending Topics. We're at the middle of the season, and one of the things that I wanted to do this time around was just to give you guys a little recap of what we've been doing, what's uh, been happening for the last um, first half of the season, and then the last part of the year. We're in October now. Can you believe that? That's pretty crazy. It's kind of so fast. I feel like we're entering holiday season, and to me, it's not the fun season like it is for most people. This is the best time of year. <laughs> I know it is for a lot of people. It is. Oh, and honestly, it's not because of, of trauma. It isn't for me because of like anything that happened in my life or, or, or anything crazy like that. It's just um, I think it's the overconsumption that really drives me crazy. And the expectations, like you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to go here, got to go there. And uh, I'm just, a, I'm just a creature of routine. I like things to be like the same all the time. Yeah, things start to ramp up towards the end of the year, and yeah, you can, it can really throw off your rhythm. So I understand. 
So Maul is my producer, guys. He's my executive producer, and he's been producing for me for a while now, maybe a year, a year and a half. Um, you didn't start with me, the podcast, because I started this when we were COVID and we were yeah. home, and I was doing it from my office. And... Um, but then last year, I think we were connected somehow. We've been, we've been, we've been doing stuff together. We do. I mean, yeah. I mean, I started editing the podcast a little bit. I think it was 20, was it early 2021 or late 2020? Late 2020. Late 2020. Yeah. Because we met up and mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I need, you know, the editing thing is not working out with my current yeah. editor. I just need, mm-hmm. you know, and we kind of reconnected and we were both kind of going just through a transition. You know, you just started the podcast. I was... Uh, adjusting to COVID life and trying to get out of it. So it kind of just worked out. It was like a mutually beneficial thing for us. And we've just been going ever since then. Yeah, I think COVID life is something that uh, affected a lot of people. And I think for you, it was extremely um, difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I was working in the retail space and that in itself has so many traumas outside of the COVID uh, world, but like, especially while COVID was happening, like I got furloughed for like three months. And Mm -hmm. then once I got back in, uh, then I'm worrying about whether or not I'm going to get sick or if I'm going to pass it on to someone else. And then also just like realizing that I was absolutely miserable (laughs) and I just really wanted to make a change. And I think the pandemic really got a lot of people to start thinking about their mortality and just their lives and where they're at. And it's, it started a lot of movements, uh, you know, the whole quiet quitting stuff and just working your wage because people are starting to realize like, I don't get paid enough to do this shit, (laughs) whatever shit that they were going through. They're like, no, I don't get paid enough. I know. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things, too, because a lot of our friends, couples, friends got divorced during the COVID pandemic. Um, People that we were like, wow, they would have never you would have never thought, you know, stable couples, people that were happy together. divorce happened. And and then you're forced to stay inside with them for the next six months. Right. And I think that's what affected a lot of them. They're like, you know, I really don't like you. Right. It's like (laughs) even if they were married and maybe they've, you know, they had a, a relationship that happened that lasted for so long, they probably never had to really exist in each other's spaces Mm -hmm. for such a long period of time. Yeah. Especially the way we are in America, we really work really long hours. We have, we're overscheduled. We have kids stuff that goes on. Either you're going, you know, with your kids to, to their games, to their sports, uh, you know, as, as, as a business owner, for me, it was like a lot of networking at night. So I would come home late. Uh, I didn't make dinner for the kids a lot of the time. So that changed a lot for me. Uh, I became a lot more of a of a homemaker, to be honest, like something that I had never really been in the past because I've always been such a workaholic. And then when I didn't have that work anymore, I just started to really like hone in on my kids and like make breakfast, lunch, dinners. And like now, even if I tried getting a job, these kids are like, Mom, what's going to happen, you know, if you're not home, you know, for us. And it's not necessarily that they want me to be home just to be like a maid or a cleaner, but they really enjoy the fact that I'm like, you know, a mom and like doing the mom things that I didn't do before because I was always working. COVID forced a lot of people to just slow down because they had to. It's like we were literally forced to just sit at home and really think about where we are in our lives and whether or not to make changes or, you know, and 
just adjust to being at home more, being present in either their kids' lives or even in their own personal lives. You yeah. get so absorbed within your work that you don't realize that you never had a chance to really slow down and really think think about this. For sure. So what's been going on around here? So we are, you know what? This is going to, this is season eight, episode six. So we're really at the middle of it. It ends at the end of November, right around Thanksgiving. So let's give you guys a little recap of what's been happening and what's been, what's been on the podcast. So we've been having for sure a great season. It's been fantastic. I love the fact that we've been bringing a lot more small business owners, which is something that I love and enjoy is promoting business owners, especially at the ones that are doing it in a small scale. Um, and are really working hard at their craft and doing things their way. So we had the episode with the, with the Latinas in business. That was a two episode um, part. No, was it two episodes? No, it was, it was one episode. It was one episode. Okay. I thought we would did it for two, but yeah, it was one, but that one was so much fun. Wasn't it? Yeah. We even changed up the studio setup and we did it, you know, in a more open space and it was kind of more, you, you really were pushing like, let's do something like the view where we can just, you know, be all together in a room and it's not cramped in a studio and you can really. Without just, the snarkiness of yeah, the view. Yeah, no, and we can just, you know, have <laughs> without, a conversation. Without the, the crazy stuff that Joy always brings, Joy Bayar and all those crazy ladies. I love them though. They're funny. They're funny, crazy ladies. Um, we have Brittany Crossland social media maven she's so freaking amazing and awesome and she teaches people how to have more how to be more comfortable which is something you and i like are learning to do more comfortable with tiktok and instagram and putting more reels out there of us and videos yeah she was really instrumental in kind of reinforcing that we need to do more yeah, stuff yeah she's right yeah and it really yeah she was like saying stuff and i'm like i've been telling you this yeah. stuff <laughs> Forever. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's good that we had that additional perspective. And she needed to kick our my at least my butt a little bit harder. I mean, it helped out <laughs> on my end too. I'm like, yeah. And then my my husband and I did one on travel hacks for 2022. Some of the things that that we encountered, some of the things that we um, saw as we were traveling. We travel at least every six weeks. So, you know, and it's been like that forever. It's not like it, we just started traveling like recently, like we've been that way for years, at least 20 years now. So Rusk and I have always made sure that we always made time for that. Even when we were working, we always made made a time for that. And then we also talked about red turning um, dating red flags into opportunities for love. And if you guys have not heard that one, that is a really, really good episode. We're giving you guys some really good tips on how to hone in on some stuff that you might think are red flags in a relationship that could become opportunities for love. Mm -hmm. I was a special guest on that one. So I had a little bit more, just a single perspective. Uh, I love that. We always want the single perspective because I think the way that people single, the way that, that you all are dating now is so different from how we were dating back 20 years ago. It's really changed a lot, even five, six, seven years yeah. with the whole internet component, the social media component, all of those things just, I think has made dating much harder. It's a lot harder these days, but we're all trying to navigate through it and, you know, make different changes depending on the situation. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been interesting. 
I love that. Love, love, love that. Okay, so that was at the beginning. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and catch up. Dating red flags, travel hacks, Latinas celebrating their heritage, uh, social movement with Brittany, Brittany Crossan, and then a little mini episode that I just posted. Um, my experience at Poshmark Conference, y'all, I'm a posher. I've been poshing for at least two um, two and a half years exactly when when COVID started I started doing a lot of things when COVID started just because I needed to keep myself busy if not I'm going crazy I'm I'm relentless I'm restless I have to be doing things all the time if I'm not doing something I'm miserable I can't be in bed I think it's something that my mom instilled in us when we were little she would always say well find something to do well don't lay there don't sit down go find something to do so I'm always finding things to do so that was one thing I started doing and so Poshmark is a app where you can go in and you can resell your clothing. So if you have stuff in your closet that you don't use anymore, you don't want anymore, you can resell it and put it on Poshmark. And you know, it's been great because I have stuff all the time that I don't wear. And then if I can make a little cash off of it, and also keep it in 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 the stratosphere as opposed to into a landfill maybe it belongs in another person's closet and that person's going to enjoy that dress or that top or those pants that I love so much and they're still in good shape they're gently used you know what I think it's time that we start thinking about secondhand clothing in a more um holistic way as opposed to thinking oh well, I don't have money I'm gonna go you know to the goodwill it's not about that anymore, guys. It's really about taking clothing and uh, giving it a second life, giving it a third life and not throwing things away. I think fast fashion is the worst thing that's happened to the planet. You know, it's it really has. And I know that from firsthand experience because I was a boutique owner. And so I used to buy things wholesale all the time. And I realized how much of it goes out there. And so people throw it away. The quality of the stuff isn't very good. So it won't last you very long. So a lot of people think, oh, it's done. I wore it twice. Trash. Mm. And so it ends up it ends up in the landfills. So how about let's invest in like better quality pieces, wear them a few times. You don't have to be that crazy person that only wears it one time and then throws it out or gives it away. Donate it, resell it. So Poshmark conference was amazing. I learned a lot of things from that conference. And I especially learned how to create a community around sustainable fashion. So that's something I'm very you know, passionate about and love, love, love. And I'm going to be actually teaching a class, Jamal, um, at the end of the month okay. on how you can also be a posher. And men can be poshers as well. There's a lot of thrifters out there. I don't know if you're a thrifter yourself. My no. my no. son is, my Alex is a goodwill hunter. Like he loves to go hunting for his like, like vintage t-shirts that he just, you know, loves to have. I, I probably should get into thrifting, but it's... You I, I, I'm still rocking shirts that I bought probably three or four years ago and I just haven't switched out yet. <laughs> um, mostly cause of the pandemic, I wasn't going out, but even now I've, you know, lost a bunch of weight. So a lot of these shirts that I bought kind of don't fit me as much anymore. So I need to go and get some new clothes. All right, skinny mini. <laughs> there, there is a Goodwill store pretty much across the street from me and I'm, just thinking I've been thinking about just going there probably just picking up a bunch of stuff and put your stuff out on Poshmark too maybe somebody wants it if it's still if it's still in good quality I mean if it's really used definitely don't put it out there because you don't want anybody to to pay for it unless you put it for like a dollar I mean yeah I should probably talk to my my twin sister does a lot of thrifting she has her own Poshmark Poshmark store and she was 
selling a bunch during the pandemic. And I think I think she still does. So I probably should hit her up for some more tips or advice or just you. You're the, the expert. Here <laughs> I, she's probably much more, you know, about it because I literally just started. And a lot of the women I met at the conference have been doing it for a long time. It's been around since 2013. So mm. it's definitely something. So part of the topics that we are going to encounter today are kind of the episode that we're doing today. It's a little bit different. I'm not really interviewing anybody. Jamal and I are just going to be just chatting it up and give you guys our input and our opinions on some things that are trending. Hey, we're here for it. Let's go. Trending topics. It's kind of like what The View does with like the hot topics. Mm. It doesn't have to be hot. It could just be trending. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to start with the first topic that I think has been one of the biggest conversations, I think, in the last three, four weeks, maybe, Jamal, Mm. is the Masa Amini uh, situation in Iran. How her death has sparked a multitude of protests in Iran, especially protests led by women. Uh, And it is a country that is notorious for being very hard on women and uh and regulates women a lot and definitely keeps keeps them in 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 line as as we would say so her death really i think has has created a a movement not just in iran but around the world yeah i think well let me ask this question do do you like keep up with the news like do you watch like a regular news stations like say CNN or- yes I I do I listen to them and I I have a serious radio so I'm always on the CNN the mm. MSNBC the BBC the British uh, network mm. so yeah for sure yeah well I was asking that because I can't remember the last time I watched a traditional news station um so a lot of the times when I get my news it's on Twitter. Uh, I actually, cause yeah, I do, too. yeah, I follow a lot of like reporters. So like Twitter is my newsfeed a lot of the time, but really I started hearing about this whole Masa Amini and the Iran protests. I started hearing about that on TikTok. Like that was the first place that I like saw it. Interesting. And, and on TikTok, they're talking uh, from Iran, the women, oh. yeah, they're, they were talking from Iran. They're saying how horrible it was. They were giving us the download of the situation because from all of my, you know, normal avenues of viewing, even on Twitter, nobody was really talking about it. And on TikTok, once I started like getting involved and watching those videos, then I was starting to see like, oh, this is going to be a huge protest, like a huge new movement that's happening in Iran. And it's not just going to be something that's going to go away, especially because you know, in the social media world, we get more firsthand perspectives on what's uh-huh. happening on the ground. And in Iran, in addition to just saying like, hey, we're out here protesting, it's horrible and things are bad. They were also saying like, hey, they're cutting off the internet right now. Isn't and that crazy yeah. to think of it that way? To think that you can't say anything, you can't expose any of the stuff. Right. The government shuts it down. For, for as, you know, as visual as a lot of, you know, social media has made things. Like just imagine if the U.S. just came and like, oh, we're just going to shut down the internet. How many people will be so closed off just from the United States, which is a huge country. And now in Iran, they had shut off the Internet multiple times. I don't know if it's still off, but just that's a whole country of like millions of people that you just no longer can see what's happening 
and their media from Iran is not telling the whole truth. And they're yeah. only they're only putting out the stuff out that they think is important. And what they want to put out. Yeah. And it's it's just government control media. Yeah. Where government control media and as much as we say here in America that wouldn't happen, Trump happened, so it could happen I'm here like, too. It's, it's already if Trump, started if happening. If Trump yeah. happened and the things that he was doing, the things that we're posting and the things that were happening, it could definitely happen here yeah, too. I mean, we are not that far off from a third world country. We think that we are, but we're really not. Yeah, there are already multiple news networks that, you know, operate on one side of the government and they are essentially the mouthpiece for those people. And if they had their way, they would be the only <laughs> news organizations, and that's the only news that needs to get out there. True. So uh, it so the one happens. thing that I think we need to really mention about it is just the the history of the of the enforcement of the modesty laws. There's been a modesty law in uh, in Iran through the Islamic Republic power. So basically, they uh, it's like a police. Mm. And if they see you not wearing your hijab or whatever, yeah, or covering your hair, your 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 body, really, your body, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're definitely in. Um, yeah. I think they feel like they're 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 being threatened, not threatened, but um, that you're you're it's rebelling against rebelling, rebelling. and yeah. they also see it as like blasphemy in some right. ways. And, you know, they call those people, they're the moral police, which sounds out of, it sounds like something out of a sci-fi novel right, or right. like a fantasy series because I I just can't believe that people are going around and like, hey, your pants are too tight or your sleeves are too short or you need to be covering up your hair or more of your face. But that's what's happening out there. So Masa Amini came or she was a Kurdish woman, 22 years old, and she, I guess she violated what they thought the moral, the morality police thought, you know, she was supposed to be more modest or whatever. And they took her in. They, uh, and so when they took her in, they mentioned, or there was a video or a photo that was posted of her in a coma. She had bruises on her face. She had uh, blood dripping from her ears. There were things that were shared online and the government said that it was a heart attack. Obviously you can heart see attack. the heart attack, right? If she was a young woman, healthy young woman. And that Awful. sparked the, the whole, the whole process for the protest. And I think that's where the women became just enraged or tired or fed up, you know, with, with the whole thing, because I think they felt like, you know, it's enough, enough of you telling us what to do, enough of you imposing yourself, your morality on us. Like, who are you to impose your morality? Yeah. Like I was looking, I mean, this is all from TikTok, but I've, I've looked into it just a little bit. And as recently as the seventies, it was not like this in Iran. They were no. like showing images no. of like just women dressed like we were in the seventies and they were just open and free. And at some point things turn. Things yeah. And I believe it was in the seventies. You're right. You're right. Jamal. I'm trying to remember the, the year my husband would know he knows that stuff, but it was, a, it was a, there was an imposition of the mullahs. I think the, the Islamic uh, leaders, they became the leaders and it became more of a theocratic country as opposed to a more liberal secular country. Yeah. And, uh, and so the, a lot of things changed, but in history, Iran has always been at the forefront of poetry, of math, of mm. science, astronomy like they the Iranian community Iranian people have always been 
scientists. And so the country as it is now is so far off from what it used to be, even centuries ago. It's mm, Yeah, it's, it's really terrible. Terrible. Exactly. So the one thing that the women have always wanted to, to say, the Iranian women who are there, is for us to be their voice. They ask us, be our voice. We, are, we can't say everything. We can't talk about everything because we're in here, but please be our voice out in the world. Keep talking about it. You know, stay on top of it. Don't let it go. As much as I, um, I, I see what's going on. We have things here in Texas as well with the abortion thing where they're also imposing morality on women in Texas because it is a morality thing. They see it as, you know, uh, a way to control women and not to allow them to have abortions because they see it as something against God. And that's again, something that they're imposing as a morality police. So if you live in Texas and you know the situation here with Abbott and Ken Paxton and Dan Patrick, you know that we also face a lot of that um, persecution as women. And I think the thing, you know, that we can take from the Iran thing, and as well as all of the issues happening within Texas or in the United States, is just to make people more aware that these things are happening. Like be able yeah. to to share like on social media, you can uh, share the social media posts. You can retweet on Twitter. You Use can, the hashtags. Yeah, hashtags. Like just making people more aware is something that is really beneficial to all of those movements because the more people that are aware of these things, the more that people will get involved and right. like really start to understand their their uh, place in this bigger movement. Exactly. And I think one one way that we can be supportive of them is to support leaders that support progressive women empowerment, women um, leaders. A lot there's we don't have enough women leaders. We don't have enough. It's a very, very heavy white man a country. And I think the men are feeling very threatened by that. And so the way that we can be supportive is by going out and voting, even if it's local, even if it's state, even national, find those leaders who are more supportive of progressive values that are not, you know, putting women in regressive in regressive places and, and like taking us back to two centuries that, you know, we've already progressed from that and they're taking us back 50, 60, you know, years when women were, were, were performing abortions in, uh, in alleyways, you know, and doing those things. And I think it's important that we keep it going, talk about it with your friends. Don't feel, you know, afraid of it. And if you don't know that much about it, go online, you know, there's stuff on TikTok, there's stuff on Twitter. You can go and watch it on CNN, MSNBC, wherever you go. The BBC is a great place. I love to listen to NPR and NPR is always a great place for me to go and get my news. So definitely that's a topic that I want to see just to continue doing and just really, you know, hone in on supporting, supporting women around the world and supporting women here and doing whatever we can for them. 100%. I love that. Okay. So we're going to go into something a little bit more, um, stuff that I don't know if it's like a big deal for most people, but it's something that's been in the news a lot lately is the whole uh, Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen divorce. Yeah. And I bring it up because it's something that brings up uh, relationships and marriages and something that I saw in, in one of the articles. And it said that the problem for them 
has always been that Giselle always felt like she was being supportive of his career. And now when he was finally retiring, it was going to be her turn to kind of take on her career back and be the, the the person that she's always been, that model, that supermodel, that brand, that influencer. And he reneged on their deal, you know? So uh, that was something as a woman, as a wife, that like, I can understand why she's pissed. Yeah, I didn't understand the dynamic at first. Because, uh, I mean, I, Tom Brady, yeah, big football player. And just from football, like you understand, even... Even if you're in the league for five years, which is probably typical for most people, what Tom Brady's been in for the last like 25 years, like over 20 years, like even within like a five year period or even one year period, it's massive amount of time away from home, away from family and putting your body through all sorts of, you know, rigor, the rigors of football, which I think probably address that in some other way. Um, But, you know, thinking like, oh, my husband's going to come home and maybe like we can be more together as a family or I, like you said, that she could have the opportunity to pursue her her passions. So I did not know Mm -hmm. that she was a Victoria's Secret model. You didn't know that? Yeah, as someone that worked at Victoria's Secret. work at Victoria's Secret, Jamal Mattis. Yeah, I I work there, but yeah. How did you find out? Uh, Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, because, like, when I I heard about the the divorce happening, I'm like, yeah, she probably just wanted him to be home because, you know, 20 years or however long they've been married, just not being at home, but, like, understanding that she was the one that was actually bringing in more money. No, she was the one making the yeah, most money. Yeah, so more like, money in the... Ah. That's crazy to me, so... Listen, yeah. Giselle had a career even before Victoria's Secret as a top uh, model, a supermodel yeah. in Europe uh, with the big name brands, the big designers. She was huge. I think you should go on YouTube and find her because she was very prolific before she even met Tom. Mm. So she's got a... She, that girl's got a big bank account. Yeah, I yeah, I'm starting to see the bigger yeah. picture and a now. huge influencer in Brazil, mm-hmm. huge influencer yeah, in Brazil. Okay. I mean, she walked the runway at the Brazilian, the Brazilian oh, uh, Olympics mm-hmm. a few okay, years ago, okay. and she did the most beautiful runway walk. It was probably a ten minute walk. It was so long, oh. but she did it all by herself, and it's just like that's that's how iconic she is in Brazil. So as iconic no as idea. Tom is here, you know, and I think it's 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 something that we should definitely discuss as relationships grow and relationships mature and you've been married 10, 15 years. There's there's power dynamics that happen, you know, for the first 15 years of our relationship, Rusk was the one that was like really honing in on his job and like making sure that we were saving as much money as we could. And like for me, being that supportive wife and always being the one that, you know, took care of the house, took care of the, you know, whatever needed to be done with the kids because he was consumed with, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks of work. Mm. And when I started wanting to do my stuff because my kids were already in middle school, the dynamics shifted. Like he became the other side. He became the supportive husband. He was like, you know, I need, what do you need from me now? Mm. Which was a really beautiful thing that we did for each other because he knew that for the longest time I had been nothing but supportive and nothing but like, but I'm ambitious too. I'm very driven too. I have a career. I have a master's education. So I have a lot of things that I've accomplished before I even met him. So for us to have that shift, but it was something that we agreed upon and I would have been so 
pissed if he would have said, no, not yet. It's not time. Let me go back and do what I've been doing, even though we've already agreed that it was my turn to go and focus because you know, and why do we take turns? Because it's intense. When you're running a business, it's an all or nothing. Really, it is. It is 24 hours, seven hours, seven days a week. It's really intense. So that's why I think you take turns, especially when you have kids. Somebody kind of has to be around for them. And, and I see why she's looking at divorce as an option now, because yeah. I would be really. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, just understanding that all relationships have rhythms and you know you want to be supportive of your significant other and maybe at certain times it doesn't make sense or at certain times like you know if if I were to start pursuing one thing and I had a partner that was like okay well while you do that thing I will support you but then you know I it can't just be that way the the Mm -hmm. whole time Mm -hmm. if she wanted to pursue something else you know later down the road I'm be like well I mean I'm still doing my thing (laughs) <laughs> and like you, you know, I, was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I just, yeah, she was probably either they had a conversation or maybe there was just an expectation of like his football career is going to be over at some point. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. that would be either the next stage of their relationship or just a chance for her to do more of the things that she wasn't able to do while yeah. they were married. And yeah, it's not fair for for him to just take the whole spot, the right. spotlight and just the entire focus, especially when he said he was going to retire. And right. then he's he like, had retired. Yeah, he, he retired. had retired. And then he's like, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and literally back. a month later. And, and I think it's because Russ says that he doesn't know how to do anything else. Yeah. Football has been his life, his whole his whole life has been everything to him. So it's scary if you haven't done anything else to kind of jump into. But you're a father, too. So maybe embrace that role as a dad. You're a husband, too. Maybe embrace that role as a supportive husband. There's other things that you have you can be good at. Football is not everything. Yeah, I think it, that that probably comes around with a lot of um, sports type of uh, careers or anything that's kind of you're doing even straight out of high school Um, or like just being able to dedicate that time. I mean, even with her, like modeling is not necessarily something that you can do your entire life. And so you like, you know, you have a specific rhythm and a specific timetable to do that. And for football, he's lucky he was able to do that for 20 For as long years. as he did. And, and he has Super Bowl rings. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's not won a Super Bowl ring and is still pursuing that Super Bowl. And I get it. He's he's one of those people like Michael Jordan that is intense about what they do. Um, Tim Grover calls them cleaners. You know, they clean out. They clean out. And, um, you know, they're at a different, different level. They're goats. Yeah. So I understand that. But she's a goat in her own right. I must tell you, I know the place to go if you need house audio, TV installation, security monitoring. I am telling you, these people are so, so good that I cannot wait to share them with you. AVS Concepts is the place to get all of these things taken care of. They're the experts in audio video. If you are entertaining and you need music, call them. If you just purchased a new house and you want to have security, you've got to call them. They are the best at all of this for you. I am so excited to share them with you. They are new sponsors for the podcast. You will not not regret 
having them in your house. They can put anything up and create the most amazing surround sound. I am telling you, when I watch my movies, I like to watch them with surround sound. And thanks to AVS Concepts, I can do that. Follow them at their Instagram account, AVSC underscore HTX. Or you can also find them at their website, avcschouston.com. And tell them that Alicia from Vines by Alicia sent you. And they will take care of you, I promise you. Okay, well, let's move on to the next thing. Okay, <laughs> so let's talk about... Oh, have you been watching the Marilyn Monroe? Have you been listening to any of that or oh. watching some of that stuff that's I, been going on? I kind of just saw <sighs> something about it, but I did not look into it, apparently. Is it is it controversial? I mean... It's been... Con- okay, so it's... Marilyn been, Monroe. Yeah, let yeah, me give you a little been- bit about what's happening. And if you guys have been watching it, I watched literally only maybe 75% of the movie yesterday. And because I wanted to know what the controversy was about, because it's it's been around like maybe a week or two where people have been saying it's such a dumb movie like it's exploiting the the memory of uh it's it's ruining the memory of the the memory of Marilyn Monroe um historians are slamming it they're saying it's just it's too vulgar there's too much violence and it really doesn't hone in on her on her humanity who she was as a woman her intrinsic motivations it tends to be a little bit more of um i think of of a uh, of something that's like creating controversy as opposed to bringing a beautiful story to light yeah right instead of like bringing somebody's maybe she didn't have the best life or maybe she didn't have the most amazing um what is it to hollywood story but her story was important in a way and and she's someone that I guess has become iconic. I mean, Madonna did something with one of her movies, with one of her videos. There's so many people that just see her as, as a status symbol. Yeah. I think she was, she was like one of the first, like, of like kind of top uh, superstar actresses that were in the limelight for better or for worse. She had a lot of controversy throughout her life and yeah. Yeah. Like, so I can understand that there are probably a lot of different takes on right. what happened in her life, especially because she died so young and not a lot. There weren't a lot of um, things going on in her personal life that people had necessarily access mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know. And that's part of it. And I think one of the things that the film did, and, and I don't know why, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, it, it was to me, honestly, I couldn't finish the movie. Oh. The voice, the baby voice was so intense. And I don't know that Marilyn was, spoke was, in that baby voice all the time. That's the actress portrayal. The like actress you think portrayal. that was a, a choice? Okay. I think it was, I think it was the director that yeah. probably asked it to be that way. The actress was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Ana de Armas was amazing. She did a wonderful job and she looks a lot like Marilyn. And Marilyn was, was, was partly Latina as well. And so yeah. that they were saying, oh, how is a Latina going to play a white girl? Well, no, Marilyn was actually... Latina as well. She only, had some, yeah. I only just recently a little bit of that heritage that. as well. So it's not that far off. But you know, she uses her baby voice in this movie, and then she calls her husband's daddy a lot. And there's a lot of daddy issues going on in this movie that I'm thinking, God, I wish they would just get away from the daddy issues. She really 
wanted and she yearned for her father's love. And and so in this movie, it just comes across so much and so intensely that you kind of get away from from a little bit of like her her artistic value as an actress, as a woman, as a wife. And that just kind of like ugh, threw me off. I'm like, oh, I don't I can't stand her calling her husband daddy a lot. I'll just yeah, I'm like, I, I'm sure that was a big issue in her life and something that she had to contend with. But I wonder if that's also a directorial decision of like, we need to really hammer in this aspect to to push a narrative, you know, to, right. for the rest of the movie. Or it's it's a movie, right? Right, it is. It's okay. a it's a it's a movie. It's a film. It's on Netflix. If you guys want to go over there and watch it, tell me what you think. Do you think that I'm kind of cray cray, or do you think I'm on it? Like, what what do you guys think? I really couldn't finish it. I thought it was just too much of the victim. It's too, it, there is a lot of gratuitous violence that I don't think was necessary. You can kind of get the point. And listen, I love violence. I'm like a big fan of like a <laughs> House of Dragon. But I think it was just it was just didn't make sense in the movie. Okay. It didn't go with the storyline. I think you could see some of it, but there's a lot of rape. There's abortions. There's there's stuff in there that could really be explained in a different way. And it was just a little bit too too intense in that sense. And it took away, I think, from the beauty of her life life that you know how she led her life and how she made decisions for herself she came from literally nothing um her mother abandoned her her father abandoned her she was um left to kind of offend for herself and she made something out of her life and that's the story that i want to see that's the story that's the the hollywood story that i want to know about marilyn so um, unfortunately i wasn't i wasn't a big fan but I, I am fan of the of the actress i think she did a phenomenal job beautiful beautiful okay let's go to the another film that's been like making tons tons of controversy as well is the new jeffrey dahmer the new Def- Jeffrey Dahmer show. Have you watched that one? Not at all. I have zero interest <laughs> in, in watching it and for I a lot like of different watching reasons. serial killers, actually, but this one I haven't watched. Okay. Um, and I think I haven't watched because people say it's, ugh, I, I, it's too I, gruesome. I've heard more that it does a lot to glorify Jeffrey oh, Dahmer. Yeah. Um, in that the Jeff, the actor that per- portrays Jeffrey Dahmer is is Evan Peters. I think so. Is the name. He's like either conventionally attractive or they made him even more so for this specific role. But so, Jeffrey was an attractive man. Okay, yeah, but you can't take that away from him. If he was an attractive man, like that, I don't know if that should have been the the focus or like what they wanted to portray because at the end of the day. So all I know about this movie is like what I've seen on like TikTok and a lot of like other people's just viewpoints. But a lot of the viewpoints that I've seen is that they really are hammering on just Jeffrey Dahmer being kind of this thirst trap icon and really focusing on. And so a lot of people are, Instead of like, you know, looking at the horrible things that he's done, they're like, man, Jeffrey Dahmer, huh? <laughs> like he's he's really attractive. And I don't know if that's the thing that we should be taking from that. Do we do we do you think that because we start to see him as like an attractive man, like do we think that, OK, what he did doesn't. Yeah, I, I think it just kind of take that much of a. Right. I think it minimizes the horrible things that mm-hmm. he did, but that's a whole uh, with a lot of the true crime you yeah. know, culture. A lot of people are just so desensitized to um, just absolutely gruesome, horrible things that happen to people 
because now they're just stories that you listen to on a podcast or you watch on a documentary instead of like seeing like, wow, like that's horrible. And, and really recognizing uh, either the victims or even the killers and like the horrible things they did. It's Mm -hmm. more just like, oh man, that's a really cool story. And that's, I feel like that's not the thing that we should be taking away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I like true true crime. I actually listen to true crime a lot on podcasts. It's something that, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know why, but it puts me to I sleep know. too. I, yeah, and that's <laughs> I, I put it on and it puts me to sleep. But um, uh, for me, it's more of the forensics component, like how they find the killers. Mm-hmm. I like to see how they find like these different clues and how that clue leads to another thing and how DNA helps. Like I, I'm fascinated by the forensics of the whole thing. Um, the, and, and you talked about being desensitized. And so I, I listen to a lot of true crime, but I still don't want to watch Jeffrey Dahmer's series just because I really am very sensitive to that. I really don't want to watch something that's gruesome and, uh, and, uh, and not necessarily something I want to put in my, in my stratosphere, my energy, but Oh, the idea that we're idolizing serial killers or that we're giving them a little bit more of a pass or like they're not so bad. They're kind of cute. Um, you know, this guy just just does such a good job at making him look like a human and he's really not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 something to definitely discuss. It's evil yeah. personified. And so, yeah, I, I, it, it just seems kind of disgusting. Yeah. Uh, specifically with this one, but you know, there's a whole, there are a lot of stories or takes to, to say about just American uh, true crime or yeah. even serial killer type culture. We glorify or not even glorify, but romanticize, the, romanticize yeah. the amount of, you know, yeah. Freddy yeah. Krueger's and Jason's right. and, you know, those are just the things that you you interact with on Halloween and you're just like, Oh man, that, that was so scary. But these are things that like some of them have happened to actual people and you should probably take some of these things a little bit more seriously uh, that people are capable of really like terrible things. At the end of the day, there's always a victim. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's the person that we need to remember and we need to really consider is there's a victim Every single time. Yeah. And actually there was um, on Twitter, one of the siblings of a victim of Jeffrey Dahmer was like, you know, she got on TikTok and then she's seeing somebody thirst over this depiction of Jeffrey Dahmer. And then she's just like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just, it's, it's infallible for the people that were either the victims or even the families of the victims to really just... Yeah you know, minimize it and fetishize it almost. It's yeah, it's weird to me. It's, it is. It's very weird. It's, it's interesting how, how that's been happening. And like now they're bringing out more, more stuff like the black Dahlia's coming out. Mm-hmm. They're doing some things on, um, uh, what is that guy? The clown. Oh, gosh. What's his name? Uh, what? He was the clown. Uh, the killer clown. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I can't remember his name. John John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, 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 John yeah, Wayne Gacy. Yeah. And like that guy, like ugh. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. It's just crazy. But then you know what? That's October is Halloween. It's it Halloween. tends to be a little bit like, I get like it. <laughs> Y'all were getting after me. My team was getting after me because I don't do Halloween. And you're like, What? You don't do Halloween? Like, no, I don't. I was like, I never 
I'm not a Halloween guy either. Like, you don't dress up? No, I don't dress up. No, I mean, I don't do that stuff, but I know, like, the, this is something that people interact with heavily, and that yeah. is their yeah. whole personality I throughout the, the month of October. It's a big deal yeah, for a lot a of people. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I know some people, I mean, I listen to the Howard Stern show. There's this one guy on there, Richard. He starts October 1st, like he does all the pumpkin beer. He starts dressing up. I mean, it becomes like the whole month of October for him. He's celebrating like intensely. Yeah. Cray, cray. All right. I want to end it with just a quick little um, chat because we're, we're already at 43 minutes. I can't believe we went through this thing like that long and I thought it was going to be shorter. Hey, we're having fun here. So. <laughs> this is kind of fun. You had to talk about these topics that are happening now. Um, what do you think about the controversy with the Kanye t-shirts, the White Lives Matter t-shirts uh, that he presented in, in uh, at uh, Milan Fashion Week? Was it Milan Fashion Week? I don't even know. Well, he had a he had a runway show, and uh, and of course his buddy Candace Owens comes out with him holding hands, yeah. like they look like so ridiculous. But <laughs> what the hell is uh, going I, on with I, Kanye? I, I, you, you can't hear how hard my eyes are rolling. <laughs> no, I can just like because just uh, you just guys need to see this in person. The eyes are just literally behind his head now. Oh my god. Like, yeah, I just, I mean, it's Kanye being Kanye. So at this point, I almost Kanye don't even, being Kanye. I don't even pay attention uh, because like this, this dude has problems, <laughs> like yeah, an yeah. actual like mental issues that yes. and enablers. And he's just allowed to do whatever he wants without any filters. And he doesn't realize the position of influence that he's in and the amount of people that are actually Jamal, he knows that, and that's why well, he does I mean, the yeah, dumb he, shit he, I not, guess he, he gets does. Off on it, he but, does. He knows how just, much influence he has and how dumb people buy his bullshit. I, I just think it's it's really terrible the the messages that he puts out because it's like, man, you are such a talented musician with some of the greatest albums. Like I love a lot of, of his lo songs. Yeah, I actually really listen to a lot of his songs. I would say he's probably one of the more influential artists of the 21st century, like definitely like within the last 20 years. Like he has had his mark on hip hop and just, you know, popular culture in right. the US, but right now he is in a space where he's he's turned a complete opposite leaf. Where was the guy that was on MTV saying George Bush doesn't care about black people <laughs> and now he's parading this white lives matter thing, which honestly for me, it comes across as a desperate attempt to be relevant and to stay people talk to keep people talking i don't really think he believes any of it that's just my opinion maybe he does i really don't think so i think it's a way for him to to stay relevant to stay in people's minds to sell more i guess or to create more controversy because they say every time he's like dropping something or like launching something he comes up with some oh, yeah. crazy idea you don't think these are just marketing ploys? Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> They're marketing so, ploys. But I really don't think he believes that. No, I, I still think he, he believes. Does? You think so? I think he believes them you, really you heavily. You really do? Okay. Yeah, but I just, I think that, I think he believes what he's saying, but he also knows that whenever he says anything, it's going to get picked up. And then the the marketing and the media machine is just going to go with it. 
So basically, he just has to say something, even whether he believes it or not. I think he believes it. But if he believes it, it's people are going to start talking about it. And then he's in the news once again. And sometimes he doesn't even have to try. Like, yeah, all he doesn't the, even have to try. All the stuff with uh, the whole Pete Davidson and yeah, the, Kardashian the Kim Kardashian stuff, yeah. just being active on social media, like. He didn't necessarily have to put out a statement, true, true, a public statement. He could just get on Twitter and be like, and just say some shit about Pete Davidson or, or Kim or his kids. And right. I just, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really disgusting and it's really sad. To, it is sad. Yeah. It is sad. You know, and I think things changed for him when his mother died. Well, I think yeah. that was the turning point for a lot of the things that happened to him. I think she was his his stability, his rock, his anchor. Yeah. And I think when he lost her, he lost that anchor. And I think he's, he's to me right now, he's like a feather in the wind, just going off in the direction that the wind takes him. And so he has so many lackeys, so many people that just follow him and are yes people for him, as opposed to really trying to help him and maybe get some help for his mental health issues. And that's something that really should, should be considered in terms of Kanye is that there is some mental health. We do know he has a bipolar Mm. disorder and, you know, as much as the controversies cause, um, us to be talking about him, there is a conversation to be had about mental health and how you know important Absolutely. it is for us to take care of it and to really seek it, seek the help that we need. And if we have people around us, and if you're a person that sees somebody with mental health problems, to really be an advocate for them and get them the help that they need and take them to the places they need to be taken to. Because honestly, I don't know if, if, if he's ever going to get any better if there's no one to really lead him in that place. And I don't know that Kim tried maybe she did i'm guessing she did try but he's his own person he's going to do whatever he wants ultimately i think probably kim and probably the kardashians or just a lot of people that probably try to sway him in the right way probably feel that it's kind of a lost cause at this point yeah he's just going to do what he wants to do and maybe if when when if he ever comes around it's but going to be because he feels like he has to right now he doesn't feel like he needs to do that. He's right. so in his convictions and like, you know, he's always had a massive ego and all of these yes people around him are just enabling. Enablers. That. Yeah. yeah. I don't Ultimately, think if you better. don't support him, you don't want to don't, don't, don't buy any of his stuff. Yeah. Don't. You know, cause you're only feeding the beast and he's losing endorsements. I know he just, uh, uh went, uh, he just canceled what his gap mm. contract and also the Adidas. I think he had something yeah. with Adidas or something like that. Or yeah. he, he's been putting stuff out on Instagram and like, you know, tearing people down. He tore down a, a Vogue editor. And I mean, it's just a constant thing. And I think if we really want to just not, not hear about him anymore, just stop watching what he does, stop supporting, stop buying the things that he, that he buys so that, I think you, 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 you're feeding the beast. We're constantly giving this guy the money to be able to do the dumb shit he's doing. Don't beat the trolls. Don't, don't. Oh my gosh, that's the perfect ending. <laughs> don't beat the trolls. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed our trending topics episode. I think it's a fun episode. I love talking about this stuff. We all have opinions and I want to know what yours is. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Do you love Kanye and think he's doing wonderful? Do you really think that white... White lives matter. Let me know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for sure. Everybody, 
has an opinion. Everybody has a say. And that's a beautiful thing about our country is that you're free to think the way you think and that you, if you don't like something, don't listen to it. If you don't. I, okay. Next episode, I'm going to talk about cancel culture. Oh, yeah. Cause I okay. hate cancel culture. And I so, have, yeah, I have. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about that later, but guys, I'm also inviting you to join my community. If you want to be a supporter, join the community. I have three ways that you can join. You can be a simple supporter for $15 where you get a shout out on the podcast every month. It's a it's a monthly subscription. I also have a, another subscription for 45 where you can also um, get uh, 30 minute chats with me, get invites to special events. I have things going on all the time. I do travel shoots. So if that's something that interests you, go join the community. And I really want to encourage you to support our sponsors, AVS Concepts and Elmer Garcia Realtor. And thank you so much for having me on your radio, on your podcast and for listening. Thank you, Jamal, for being here today and joining Happy me. To be here as always i love having you jamal hey i'm happy to be next here. time we need to tell people the story of how we met our love story <laughs> it all started Ooh, 2018 Ooh. <laughs> no, right. i love that because people ask me about you and they're like how did you meet and we're oh we have to tell you guys a story mm. anyways that's another show we here we, we've had a good time had a great time <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. Give us feedback. Send me send me your DMs. And if you like the episode, share it with your friends. We love it. And leave us a review. Absolutely. The best thing that you can do is share the podcast with your friends. Interact with us on social media. Like our posts. Share. Leave a review on whatever storefront that you uh, go to. And, like, give feedback. Because we always want to keep the show growing. And we want to make sure that, you know, our listeners are heard. And... Mm -hmm that we are reaching more and more people. Love you guys. Thank you. Friends, I want you to meet my favorite bilingual realtor, Elmer Garcia. You all know that a passion of mine is real estate investing and having a great realtor by your side is essential. Elmer knows the city of Houston like the back of his hand. And not only is he highly regarded by his clients, but also by the professionals in this field. I can tell you from experience that he is attentive, trustworthy, thorough, and detail-oriented. He knows what I like, y'all, and seeks out opportunities for finding the right property for me. His services range from residential real estate to commercial and investment. He will guide you the entire way. I can tell you that. You can email him at elmerg.realtor at gmail.com or call him at 832-512-5752. Or you can also find him on Instagram, elmergarcia underscore real estate. And don't forget, anything real estate is his forte.